Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Network Show. I'm Alex Christensen, and today we're going to talk again about Wimbledon, but this time it's the women's draw, which is much more wide open. You heard us talk about the Djokovic Invitational earlier today, but we'll get to what it seems to be, you know, we're back to classic WTA tennis here spread. It's anybody's uh, tournament to win at this point, don't you think? I love it. Let's go in. Let's have some intrigue. Let's have some wide open results. And uh, I did not expect a Krejcikova Pavlyuchenkova final here. I wonder if we're going to have another completely unexpected uh, final here tonight or this fortnight. How you feeling, Johnny? You good? You had a couple hours. You ready? I have. That's two. Wait, <laughs> here's more. Four. Cases of strawberries ready to go for this week. Strawberries and cream every day for breakfast. I'm not even exaggerating. Got the cream. The groceries were delivered uh, just before we, we got back on. So I'm really happy. I'm pumped. This is the best turn of the year. I love it. Let's dive in. Our first quarter led by the number one seed, Ashley Barty, who should do very well here if she's healthy. We don't know if that's the case. Um, she withdrew from her last event with a leg injury. She's had some time to recover, has not played any warm-up events, um, generally likes to play Eastbourne. So um, signals not looking so good for her health. You know, you look at her draw here. The first couple matches aren't too bad, but things get a little more difficult from there. Um, Joe Conta is now out of the tournament um, due to tracing for a COVID issue. As we look at the rest of the quarter, um, our French Open champion, Barbara Krejcikova, playing her first tennis since the French Open. Andreescu, Victoria, Azarenka, Net Contivate. Um, we'll start with you here, Spread. Um, you know, out of the names that we see in the first quarter, that seems pretty wide open now. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think we should just default to the winner, the champion of Eastbourne, Jelena Ostapenko. No, it's a lot of fun to see her playing so well going into this <laughs> tournament. And uh, obviously, Contivate did quite well there as well will she be able to continue it i don't know we talked before we we started up how she's basically a complete wild card and just because she's in great form doesn't mean that she can't lose in the first round here uh to Layla fernandez but i think in a wide open quarter you have to like her chances um you know the question marks around andreescu with their health question marks around barty with their health so um the top two players aren't coming in 100 percent and then, of course, you know, there's wild cards like Coco Vandeweghe can get hot. You know, Kostiuk almost made a name for herself last tournament. Let's see if she can jump into the uh, the winner's circle here. And, of course, Kontavite, who's another uh, streaky player here. So, But I think that uh, Ostapenko got a great draw here, and I'd like to see if she can follow up on her success. She's done well in Wimbledon in the past, and I think this is the surface most, most suited for her game. So I didn't mind taking a little punt on my favorite player, and I actually felt like it was a, a sharp bet and not just me betting with my heart. Yeah, was able to get actually that quarter price myself at 10 to 1. The outright price, I think, was below 30, which I passed up on. But, you know, has a couple matches she can definitely win. Then probably the winner of Azarenka Contivate. And in the top section, I mean, it's really tough to pick a name there. John, how are you feeling about this quarter? Yeah, it's it, it just feels so open. Like, there's just not a lot to like here. I don't think you're going to see the eventual winner unless Barty does find, um, you know, that form really quickly. But we she haven't seen her play in ages. So uh, there's no guarantees there. I'm really apprehensive trying to back her at any capacity. Outside of that, I'm not really loving too much um, from the top quarter, from that first quarter. Like, BB has question marks. I mean, Vika has major health question marks as well from last week, I believe, in Bad Homburg. Uh, she she barely snuck by Cornet and then had to withdraw. A lot of serving issues there. And I, I mentioned in another space um, about how 
her service looked frail since the Pagula second set. I think she was up a set in like 5-2 or something. And then lost the next five games or four, whatever she was up. She lost the second set, uh, five, seven. Then they broke each other twice each to start the third set. We were a third of the way to Alex's dream of six breaks apiece heading into a tie break. But, you know, her, her serve was then a, a little, it's been vulnerable. And then it comes out that, hey, you know, potential ab injury, potential thigh injury, both key parts of a big serve. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. And I wonder if it's been lingering and it's not necessarily just, um, you know, that tournament, and then she's ready to go here. I think if this has been a lingering thing, we could see her uh, really struggle as early as the first round even. So a lot of concerns here between uh, big big names with injuries. Kiki Bertens is a retired player. Um, you know, like there's just not a whole lot to like. I'm on Team Dasha in terms of um, spreads two players. Like if they meet in the second round, I will be fully on Dasha's side while he is torn apart emotionally. <laughs> we'll be sure to be together for that one. As I start to look at it... I agree. It's, you know, you want to avoid Barty. The thing that does make things a little murkier, this is a slam, you know, when it, the eventual day off for rain was standing, they should have every other day off and, and not have, you know, the same physical load. But again, you look at Barty's draw. I think that there's a good chance that Kiki, I'm sorry, Kiki, Coco Vandaway um, possibly is there to knock her off in a tough match. I know that Krejcikova hasn't played on grass since 2017, but her game, I think, the serve and her ability to play at net. Um, you know, John, you talked about her maybe taking a little too too much time to build up to hit the ball. We'll see how that works. But I think this is, again, a nice spot for her. Maybe she has a chance to sneak through. And then you look at that bottom section. I'm leaning Ostapenko. I actually, again, I have her to win the quarter. I think she has a great chance. And then there's Annette Contave, who um, has been playing very well on the grass, who, who could run through here. It's just a really fun quarter. So, you know, as you look at it from an outright perspective, I don't know but you guys um, didn't have i think any outrights here to win the tournament but again just that krejcikova and ostapenko quarter price how about you john um i i was looking at barty to go further than williams in the derivative market i don't have anything on quarter outrights but the i am a little hesitant uh to back her just because of injury concerns and i i'd really like to get a match in to see how she looks before i do it but then i obviously this will be gone so uh, i'm on the fence and i haven't fired yet but at a dollar 80 i mean i i think serena's got a really tough potential third round whereas if barty is healthy that is a wide open quarter she could she could really just plow through the semis but again she hasn't played at all so it, it, it's tough to it's tough to, to to fire on that yeah how about you spread yeah i'm just gonna ride my favorite here and like i said this is one of the few times where i actually feel like it's a good bet and not, i'm not just doing it um because <laughs> she's my favorite player and i want to root for her uh, to hit winners and make funny faces, so uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to be on both sides. I haven't felt this way for a couple of years. Let's jump into the second quarter. John's favorite player, player Alina Spitalina, the three seed there at the top. But this quarter is a little tough in, in certain sections. She might have to face Anna Samova there in the second round. Fidelsa, who's been playing very well, curious to see how she does on grass. Things set up really nicely for Mahova, but I'll get to that in a second. You look down on the bottom section here, and there is noted mother and occasional player of tennis, Serena Williams. <laughs> she will be here as our sixth seed. She is the favorite to win the tournament in a lot of places right now. Um, some other interesting names, Angelique Kerber, I believe is the name that John was hinting at there in the third round for her. You see Coco Goff, Belinda Benchich coming off some strong play. Uh, we'll start with you this time, John. How are you feeling about Serena Williams in this quarter overall? 
Yeah, I'll be looking to oppose um, when I get into the outrights here, just because we talked about this with Sitsi Pass too, and I believe that ironically was the second quarter as well, where the low price on the favorite uh, kind of provides some value in other spots. I think Coco is being look. Coco Goff has all the chance in the world. Her serve is greatly improved. She's cut the leaks uh, out of her game, uh, and she did that during clay season, which was even more impressive. And she's her her Wimbledon run or her breakout at 15 came at Wimbledon. So like she's she doesn't mind the grass courts and her game suits well to them, but I still I still think six or five to one six is a little little expensive, and so that has provided value elsewhere. I've looked to a couple of players with double digits, uh, in, in in terms of double digits of odds that those would be. Um, sorry, I have it in front of me here. Uh, <laughs> Angelique Kerber is uh, one I really like to to do well, and Belinda Bencic, another name you mentioned. I think one coming off a final. Uh, against Ludmilla Samsonova at a 500-level event. And I think Angie won Bad Homburg, or at least made the final there. Both in form, both like the grass, have had success on the grass. And, of course, Kerber's a Wimbledon champion. So, you know, that low-bouncing ball, her ability to get low, she's got those big, strong uh, legs that kind of let her get low and still hammer the ball back. Low-bouncing surface is very effective. Uh, and that lefty game can, and the ability to angle can really mess with players a lot on the grass. So I think that... This is a great spot for Angie, and it's good to see her have get back in form because her form this year hasn't been great. That was a concern. Now with a bad Homburg final or title, I really am blanking on how that final went. Um, I think this is this is a great spot to capitalize on, uh, again, the favorites in this quarter being a little uh, overvalued. So Benchich and Kerber would be my two looks to win the quarter. How much you spread? I know that before this show, you, you were kind of rolling your eyes at the idea that I wouldn't mind, and John would kind of be happy to see Serena win another go and slam. I thought, again, you know, you would support a fellow veteran here, but I, I guess not. So <laughs> what do you see happening here? Who is coming out of the second quarter if not if not Mrs. Williams? Miss Williams? I'm on the, I'm on the um, same as Jorge with Benchich, but my other one is I'm going to take Coco Goff, but I think the winner of that match potentially in the third round uh, wins the quarter. I just like the form that I'm getting with both players. And Coco Goff is one of those players that when you watch her at 15, you know, and we do this with so many players, boy, if she continues to improve, I've never seen a player like exceed my expectations for improvement uh, when you see the talent and, and it all coming together um, faster than Coco Goff. So I do not want to be on the wrong side of opposing her. I think the surface sets up very well for her because she can redirect. She doesn't have to dial up the pace herself. And there's not a lot of hitters on the tour that can bother her. So uh, the bigger hitters aren't going to give her problems here. Uh, I think that match, if it does end up occurring versus Belinda, is going to be fantastic um, tactically. I want to see how both players approach each other as Belinda's kind of more the weathered veteran of the same style, right? Redirection, uh, pace, guile, um, you know, yep. changing things the use around. Of guile. Yeah, so I'd like to see that match, but those are the two that I'm going to take there. I figure I can grab them both to win the quarter and, and, and just you know hope they both get to the third round, and then I'll feel pretty good um, endorsing the winner of whoever gets past that match. Yeah, and, and I also think that when you talk about Goff, um, that backhand she can really flatten out, and that's going to be key too. Like That's a wing that a lot of players are going to be weaker on, pardon me. So if we get into uh, her against other righties, that backhand can become very, very effective. She can pin people in backhand to backhand rallies. I also think that, um, yeah, that's a good, it's an interesting comp, but they, I, I also think her and Benchic can dial up the pace. I don't think they're pure redirect right, counter punchers, right? Which I'm I, I also curious to good. see who ends up doing it, right? I think that they both would rather be the counter redirect, puncher, yeah. right? And yeah. it's just like in boxing, when you get two counter punchers, who's going to end up deciding to lead? 
Who's going to be the one that decides to be more aggressive? And I don't even know if that dictates who wins. I'm just kind of curious. You know, the person who maybe doesn't get suckered into being more aggressive might be at the advantage as they're playing their, more of their game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this is where I start to load up on some of the outrights. I really like this quarter. You know, John, you hit on the idea that because of Serena, we have some value here. And I couldn't agree more. As much as I want her to win, I'm happy to back women like we have Anna Kanju here who came through as a qualifier. We know she's in form. Um, she is uh, anywhere from 100 to 150 to 1 and better to win this tournament. I think that's worth a play. Also played her to win this quarter um, at 28 to 1. I would play that, honestly, 20 or higher there. Again, smaller plays, but I think she has some upside. Angelique Kerber, you know, you guys touched on her. She's someone that I back from an outright perspective. I believe she was around 50 when I when I got her, maybe a little less than that. And then her to win the quarter as well. That was um, – maybe I missed that one. I'll have to add that one later. But, um, you know, played her. And then, you know, I talked about uh, – I'm sorry, Belinda Benchich as well in that same section. So, again, three women there in the same – you know, eighth, if you will, is Serena Williams. Benchich again, just to win the tournament. But I talked about Carolina Mahova. Um, you take a look at her jaw. She's got Schweizang to start, who can be good on grass, but um, was injured in her last tournament. Then possibly Camilla Georgie, who, you know, we all know can redline, but I'm not really counting on that. Then it's Pavlyuchenkova, maybe, who's actually not as good on the surface as a lot of people might think. She has the winner of the section above her, maybe Bedosa, maybe Anna Samova, maybe Svitolina. I just think she's in a really nice spot to move through this quarter and let all the women that I talked about in the bottom eighth kind of beat up Serena Williams, maybe even knock her off so she doesn't have to do it herself. But really like this setup for her to win the quarter. So that was another one that I added from an outright perspective, a 40 to 1 or better, and then played her to win the quarter as well at 8.5 to 1. None of us mentioned Bedosa. Is all the value on her gone now? Is that was that ship sailed as far as being like a player we could bet and say we're getting good value? It's too hard for me to say. It's just there's not enough experience for her on grass, yeah. and I don't know her game well enough to to say. I mean, what do you think, John? I think there's just too many people who have big serves and big ground strokes, and then people just assume they're going to be good on grass. Arena Sabalenka is a great example. Yeah. Uh, like she Osaka, has not been that great on grass. Even better one. Osaka is another one yeah. because of the movement. The movement is such a key thing on grass because it's so different and it's so slick. And I do think that like I need experience to to factor anyone into outright um, kind of conversations. And I we don't have that with Bedosa as Alex mentioned. So yeah, no, I, I'm not too keen on um, Paula Bedosa. I think look, the game is there for her to have success. But again, if if you have those big weapons, you also have to be somewhat like consistent like arenas really struggle because i think in some ways even though you have a big game that can actually work against you if you're rushed because you're, you're already an erratic player you can already lose you know your way within a set like a, a georgie or a sabalenka that have tended to do or ostapenko have tended to do and then when you have even less time to make decisions and less time to set up your feet and your and your ground strokes now you're rushed and erratic and that's not a good combo and i think that's something someone like sabalenka has, and, and osaka have struggled with on the grass before so you kind of have to have uh, a good kind of uh dynamic game look at barty she has that slice anastasia savastava someone i'll talk about later i like her ability with with her slice um like those those people who have some power but also can rein it in that's why the counter punchers like benchich and goff will like the surface so much and i do love your point there about sabalenka and then you you, you finish it up with the slice which i think is perfect because 
on the grass, you can keep the ball lower. You can keep her pretty much out of like her power zone, out of her yeah. comfort zone, where she likes to strike, so where she's getting that constant knee bend. That wears you down, especially in the longer matches. Players like Sabalenka, who we know can go through those periods where she drops three or four games. Now we might be in a third set that we didn't need to be constantly having to get low for that ball uh, can tire you out more um, than on some of these slower hard courts where she can just set up and just bash. Not to mention some of the players that couldn't hit with her on the quicker surface, they have a better chance for winners, and that can throw her off as well. Makes perfect sense. Let's jump into the bottom half of the draw. Carolina Pliskova tops the third quarter in her quest to avoid Jessica Pagula. Down at the <laughs> bottom, we see Sophia Kennan in her quest to find good tennis. Um, a lot of other interesting names in the middle. Veronica Kudermatova, Elise Mertens is here, Madison Keys, Lakmila Samsonova. But the favorite to win the quarter and one of the favorites to win the tournament, Petra Kvitova, really has a nice setup. Not that she won't be challenged along the way, but it seems like it's a nice quarter for her to win. What say you, Mr. Astaire? Yeah, I mean, you have to like Petra's chances out of here. Uh, poor Pagula, right? Even though bad form, I was looking to back her. Look at this draw, though. Garcia, who we like to fade and fade with Carol, but it's not the same as getting some of these other players in the first round, right? Then you're potentially playing either Samsonova or Kanepi, who's going to hit the cover off the ball, um, you know, and <laughs> get through those matches to, to maybe meet up with Kvitova. So kind of made me throw her out the window there. You know it's a grand slam, so I'm going to have to mention uh, Miss Madison Keys because, of course, you know, she's always got that semifinal potential. Never better outright, but always puts a little money on her um, to win the corner here. Quarter, I mean, uh, Kennan, not as uh, excited about her. Kudermertova, I think, could have a nice little week. Uh, could be a very fiery second-round match there. Um, with Collins, assuming they can get past Golubic and Hercog, respectively. Um, Elise, I'm not really a as worried about here. And, and Ali Risk is another one who's not in form, but maybe worth a punt. That's pretty interesting. What do you think, John? I mean, I, I just I keep looking at this, and I want to find a way to not pick a bit of it because she, maybe she's not 100,000 million percent. But what do you see? Uh, I see a great chance to to back Madison Keys. Uh, she has looked half decent on the grass. Uh, I've, I've watched a few of her matches. I really was impressed. The game is starting to come together. She's got the game for grass. I believe she's made a quarter here before or like a fourth. I think, she, I think she's had some success in sec like into the second week before. Um, I'm anxious to get to, to oppose both Pliskova and Kennan in this quarter. Um, I think Kennan's out first round. I really do think that Jin Yu, Wang Jin Yu has all the chance in the world to take her out in form. She's been incredibly undervalued through qualities. I backed her both in the second round and in the third round where she was frankly uh, like a game or two on the spread too low in both matches. So you are finding some value on her money line here against Kennan in the first round. We'll get to that. She's got a big game and Kennan, like when's the last time Kennan did really anything? I fourth round of the French open. Okay. I'll give her that. But prior to that, she hadn't won two matches in a row since Australia. So uh, and she hasn't played a warm-up uh, lead-in tournament, which is also something I look for here. So those are the two players I'm really looking to oppose. And Madison Keys is the player I've uh, kind of zoned in on to do it. Problem is, I don't like her number under 10 to win the quarter. So I've taken her just on the outright market. And I believe 50, uh, is it 40 to 1 or 50 to 1? Um, it's one. It's 50 to 1 at bet 365 is, is, uh, is a good look here. Yeah, taking a look through, I don't believe that there was any outrights I actually placed here. A couple quarter prices I like. I think Veronica Kudermatova has a nice opportunity to make the quarterfinals, possibly win this quarter. She was 20 to 1 
to win the quarter. That looked nice to me. Um, she'll probably run into Mertens, maybe Madison Keys there. I think she has a, a chance to win that match, and um, I might even just back her um, in that match as well, even though I have the quarter price. Kvitova was 4-1 to one to win this quarter. I mean, if she's healthy, which, again, she'll have every other day off, there's just a ton of value to me in that number, given that I, I'm not even sure Pushkov is going to be there, and if she is, she probably beats her. You know, Kennan's priced into that number, and like you talked about, John, I, I, she's probably out a lot earlier than maybe you think. So this was a nice spot for me, again, to grab some quarter prices. Kudamatova, 20 to 1. Kvitova, 4 to 1. Um, but no outrights from this quarter for me. How about and, you guys? Any other uh, plays? Yes. Um, so there's Maddie Keys, And then I also want to talk about Petra Kvitova. It's going to be rainy, and that means probably not like over 30 degrees Celsius um, for most flow. of that. That's where she's going to like it. Not mm -hmm. in the sun, blazing heat. That's perfect. Get her a day off between matches. I think she's the favorite for this tournament in my books. Um, and so for her to be at plus money to go further than Arena Sabalenka, who's never had success here, absolutely. Plus 120, $2.20 um, is one of those derivative market outright plays that I do have. Uh, we'll get to Sabalenka. We've talked about her already. We'll get to her, I believe, in the fourth quarter. Um, at the bottom of the draw there, if I'm not mistaken. I might be. Uh, and yeah, uh, but no, yeah. That's wrong woman favored in terms of who the who will go farther market uh, between Kvitova and Sabalenka. Yeah, I played that as well myself. Um, do you like her, though, as an outright? I'm seeing around 10 to 1. If you don't like 10 to 1, what number would you need? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still deciding on that just because I do think, like, 10% is a bit low, all things considered. Halep coming in without uh, form off an injury. Same with Barty. Muguruza has looked unhealthy at the French and then healthy for a match where she played really well on grass and then really looked unhealthy again when she lost to Cornet all taped up. She hasn't been taped up in practice this week though. Don't care. Too many question marks there. Um, so you, and, and who's the other threat that I would, Oh, Serena Williams just has lost a step or four this season four. in her movement. So, and I know movement is, is masked a bit by the quick surface. She can serve her way through. I'm still not sold. So, I mean, is there a greater than 10% chance Kvitova wins? Yeah. I really do. I, I think I, you could make a case she should be the absolute favorite around that $6 mark where Serena is. So there, there, there is definitely value in there, and I'll probably end up firing on it. It's just I've got so much outlaid on individual matches. I'm trying to hold off on as many outrights as I can. But things like um, the the Rublev to go further than, I believe it was Sitsi Pass. Let me check here. Yeah, uh, the, like was. plus money. The Kvitova to go further than Blanca plus money. Those I can't hold off on. Like I'm going to have to add to my outlay on those. And if you don't have Bet365, by the way, I noticed on Bet Online, I'm going to pull them up right now, that they had some of those. Um, didn't get a chance to look at them too closely, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of mirrored what Bet365 has up. So take a look at those markets as well if you have a Bet Online account. Um, great. If you don't, you probably should. Um, so I'll pull those up here and see if maybe some of those are the same ones. But I like a bit of a, would like maybe a little better number than that. And part of the reason is we'll get to the fourth quarter. It's, which is stacked. There's just <laughs> talent in here. We know that Iga Swiatek is not 100% and feeling great about playing on grass, but she's got every other day off here. She's one of the best players on tour. We have her. You go down to the bottom. Sabalenka has struggled on grass, but, you know, again, has a lot of tools here. Someone like Alexandrova, someone like Rybakina could be really competitive. Muka Rutsa is stuck in the middle of this quarter. Alms Jabor has been playing great on grass. Finally got her first title one of our favorite players. So start with you here, John. How are you seeing the fourth quarter play out? Oh, I mean, this is, this is, uh, sorry, I'm just going to pull up the, uh, the twin quarter prices again. I think Anshabur has a great shot here. I mean, we like, there's a reason she, she won her finally broke through on the grass 
Um, well, I think part of it was probably the field um, out of 250 in Birmingham. But you can also talk about the fact that the serve is there. She loves to slice and dice, and that's effective on grass to keep that ball super low um, from the baseline. So <clears throat> that's those are just those two aspects alone. And, you know, the, look, there are fitness concerns. There always will be. I think she's thrown up and cried twice on court already this season. Like, And that, again, shorter points, if she can get them to be shorter – that's probably going to mask some fitness issues for her, just like Serena's going to try and do, right? So, I mean, a lot to like in Ons Shabur, and I think really it's going to come down to is Muguru the healthy? Because if she's healthy, she's the favorite in this quarter for me anyway, like in my books. If she's not healthy, and God knows that could change from round one to round two, as we've seen it happen in her in her lead-in tournament, um, then then I do think Jabour kind of gets her in that. I think third round is where they're, they're uh, slated to meet. That is where I think... Um, the biggest test comes. I think the the winner of that match, if it happens, is my favorite for the quarter um, in terms of where they get out. Now, in terms of betting the quarter places, I didn't take – I think Alexandra was also someone to look at here because, again, you're looking to fade Sabalenka. She's right in that section with Arena, right? So I think that um, you guys – a 16-1 to 1 there looks pretty interesting. Uh, and then, of course, Maria Sakaria has to be mentioned. She's improved her serve each one of the last few years in terms of uh, winning points behind her first serve. Uh, it's she's got a big serve. She's got great fitness. She's got great ground strokes. She can counter punch. She can also generate her pace more than I think people give her credit for. I'm really interested uh, interested to see how she runs at Wimbledon again, though under ten on the uh, on the to win quarter price. I don't have any official play there, but she's one to watch. If again, this is a good quarter if you do like someone to get involved because the two quarter favorites are Sabalenka and Svantec, and neither has really proven anything on grass before. And I'm keen to oppose both, um, both uh, in terms of um, sorry in the individual match markets when I can get a uh, get a um, good price. Even <laughs> Steve's in the comments. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Spread. What are you seeing? Are you what are you betting? Anything you like here? Yeah, I mean Jorge really. Made great points here for Ons Jabor. Uh, look at all the names in her quarter, and then how many of them are actually, you know, on their worst surface. And 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 John, you can jump in and and, uh, and critique me if you think I'm wrong, though. But Sviantek, I'd say grass is her worst surface. Mardich, I'd say grass is her worst surface. Garbine, no. Sakari, I would say it's her worst. Rybakina, no. Alexander, no. And then Sabalenka were surface so it's like she's got this this huge quarter with all these names but the opportunity is there you know if you're going to be able to beat these players right i mean this is where i want to play sviantek this is where i want to play martich yeah. right i think this is a great opportunity for on Jabor. he nailed it that birmingham field we say it's we can't just say it's a 250 that was one of the best 250s i've ever seen was it i mean did you yeah. think so i mean there was a lot of big names in there as the people were field. trying to get active after the French Open, and they only get three weeks, so it's not like they can just blow off the, the 250s like usual. So I was actually more impressed. I, I put that on the same level as the Eastbourne and the Bad Homburg wins just as much, even though technically you only got 250 points for it. I was just as impressed, if not more yeah. impressed, with her ability there. So uh, I like Ones yeah. a lot. I think Jorge nailed it. And if you want to give me the wild card here, I'm 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 with him. I it's, I don't want to just repeat everything he said, but if you want the longer shot, I'll take Alexandrova. Just as someone that we know does have the game for it, but hasn't necessarily shown it yet. Who's to say this isn't the fortnight where she breaks through? Just like Krejcikova broke through. Just like Pavlyuchenkova broke through. Yeah. Just like our favorite Zidancic bro broke through. Like this is one of the ones. If I want to choose a uh, you know a long shot, I'll take Alexandrova out of this quarter. Yeah, you know I'm looking at that run. It's not so much the players she beat. 
as how she beat them. Katie McNally, who likes quicker surfaces, four and two, that's a very mm-hmm. good win. Layla, now Layla could be tricky. And so, you know, if she could, if she probably dragged her into a few long rallies. That could be really tough, but she escaped and then just absolutely blasted Potapova, blasted Heather Watson, who, by the way, I think had an underrated grass season mm-hmm. and who really should have bounced Iga Schwantek, um in wherever, that, I think it was East, I don't know where they played, but that was heinous, a plus 400 ticket down. Uh, in flames after being up 4-140 love on her serve five points away in the third set. I'm never going to get over that. I'm going to be complaining about this for years. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but she's looked easy. decent. And Dasha, a Dasha in straight sets is a good win. Especially 2021 Dasha, whose serve I, I maintain has looked a lot better. And I think I went to Tennis Abstract a few months back during hardcourt season to see if I was if the data bore that out. And it really does. Her first serve one percentage is like... You know, it, it was always in the same range within two or three percentage points. And this year, it's like four or five points better. Like, it's significantly improved serve. And you're seeing that because she's playing well on the grass as well right now. She took a set off Panko. I think that was a really close match or, or closer than some of the, the scores might have looked. And, of course, she made that final in Birmingham, uh, losing to Javert. So, um, you know, that is a very good win in straight sets. So, yeah, I, I guess I could I could say that Jabor is really in form. Obviously, backing up a title is tough um, week to week. So, you know. You know, so similar to the second quarter, this is another spot where we've got Schweitek at the top, Sebelike at the bottom. I'm happy to avoid both of them. So I kind of loaded up on a few players. I have Owens Jabor here in my outright portfolio. She was about 48 to 1. Alexandrovit, 50 to 1. And Rybakina as well at 25 to 1. I think that she's really appealing there. Um, but if I had to pick a name to come through, the more and more I go through my draw, I think this kind of sets up nicely for Muguruza. It looked like she was in pretty good form in her last tournament until she stumbled against Cornet. But Cornet has this bizarrely good grass record. You go back, she, just, she really causes a lot of trouble for players. So not that I'm giving Muguruza a pass there, but her first two matches, no problems there. She runs into Jabor, who will challenge her and take advantage of her errors, but her level of talent and power will allow her to win that match. That match is on her racket, as we like to say, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then she's looking at maybe Schweitek, maybe Marich. That's a match she can be competitive and win. And then down at the bottom, I think it's going to be Rybakina, maybe Alexandrova. It just sets up nicely for her, but I don't see a ton of value in her numbers. So again, for me, it's Rybakina 25 to 1 or better, Alexandrova 50 to 1 or better, or Jabor like 40 to 1 or better, anything like that. And then I think I hit them each on the quarter. Yeah, Rybakina 8, Jabor 10, and then Alexandrova was 20 to 1. So, um, you know, again, trying to focus on quarters where there's two seeds I don't like and stacking up players there. I, I have Rybakina on upset alert in that opening match um, against Kiki. I think she plays Kiki Milanovic, doesn't she? Um, yeah, that's going to be very tricky. She She's playing someone competent with uh, that also has big weapons to keep her in the match. And I think she moves better than Rybakina for their height. Like, Elena looks – like, that match against Muguruza, I was watching, I thought Muguruza was getting to some balls and just, like, defensively swatting them and slicing them back. And Rybakina couldn't – it, like even on a short ball because it was so low bouncing, it was a task for her to get up to it. And then she couldn't get the topspin to get it over the net on the ball. And it turned from Muguruza leaving a ball short on a defensive slice into a, a basically a forced error. I, I'm sure they counted them as unforced error, but if you think about the, the way the, the point was won, it was really forced, but unintentionally. I think anyone with a decent slice is going to hound Rybakina. Now that may not be Bladenovic, but it will. I do think that she's a little overvalued in the market and I'm, I'm worried about Elena Rybakina. I, I do love her game though. She's one of my favorite young players. Only 21, I believe, but man, that booming game is so much fun to watch. 
Uh, I just I like her spot, and some of the matches will be tricky, even her second round match, and, and probably Zachary there. But I think she was kind of building to something, and I know she struggled a little bit in that last match, possibly got injured, but looked okay when she finished it out. So it might be a little bit of a FOMO bet, but at 25 to 1, I, I like her chance to win this quarter. And then I think she'll be really competitive in that you know, semifinal if she could make it that far. Um, anything from you guys in the fourth quarter here? Yeah. Uh, I'm my long shot du jour that I always like to throw out here. I got Vandeweghe. I released it somewhere else um, when it was 1,000 to 1. That's down to 150 to 1. I predicted it would get down to 300, but I, I didn't see 85% of that price um, coming down. So I'm really happy. Can't give that out at 150. But Kiki Mladenovic, like I took my long shot with Krejcikova at the French, super happy with that turnout. Um, really, it was just on this stream. I wanted something. <laughs> so I, I thought that number looked off, and it was. Kiki Mladenovic, 750 to 1. Look, her draw is brutal. I know, and she's in that stacked fourth quarter. I don't care. 750 to 1, I'm putting like five or 10 bucks on it. Uh, I'll take some of the money I won from Krejcikova and reinvest a, like a $5 bill or $10 bill on uh, Kiki Mladenovic at 750 to 1. I would love to see her just randomly break out and redline for like a couple matches uh, to get my hopes up for another big, uh, big underdog hit in the outright market. All right, let's go through quickly and, and recap some of the outrights and, and stuff that we gave out just a bunch. I'll run through mine quickly and we'll kind of go person by person. I did a bad job of keeping track. You can find my outright preview that's pinned on my Twitter account at underscore noobs. If you want to see all this stuff, but Rybakina, Mahova, Benchich, Kerber, Alexandrova, Jabor, and Kanju, all at various prices for me on an outright perspective. And then from a court, and then looking at quarters, Panko, Krejcikova, Mahova, Kanju, Kudamatova, Kavinova, Rybakina, Jabor, Alexandrova. Probably entirely too much already bet. <laughs> but I love all those numbers. I like them so much more even the second time I read them. Spread. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who did you say there? We were both laughing. I was going to say, Spread, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us what you're uh, – Yeah, my, I'm, I'm much simpler than you, uh, you know. So I'll take Penko to win her first quarter. I have Coco and Belinda in the second. I have Madison to win the third, and I have Owens to win the fourth. And I didn't take any full outrights. I just – I think that's just the way this tournament is. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Like, I, I'll be happy if I if I get those home. I, I really think it might be like the French, where this could just be – players that we have no, we, we we barely even discussed on today's pod in the quarters finals i think it's wide open but i don't know if it's going to be someone that we were really that surprised about now john why don't you give us a recap of your outrights here before we jump into the individual matches yeah i went small on uh kerber and benchich to win their quarters uh at 11.0 so 10 to 1 and 11 to 1 benchich is 10 kerber 11 to 1 um, those I, I'm not official, but I like Alex and Drova. I wouldn't like if someone else does like it, consider this affirmation, um, for the fourth quarter. Uh, another one I, I kind of like to be eliminated in the third round stage of elimination bets. Arena Sabalenka is four to one. I think that's the most likely spot with Alexandra, but you can, I think I probably like, like if someone's going to do it, it almost has to be her. And if you're going to do that, then you may as well just take her to win the quarter 16 to one. So um, that's why I'm still deciding on my approach. Uh, really, 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 really small. Mladenovic, 750 to one. Kavitova to go further than Arena Sabalenka. Full unit there at uh, 2.2. And then Madison Keys on the outright market at 50 to one. Love it. Let's jump into some individual matches here. Um, we will okay. start with, it looks like the first one we have. Herzog versus Daniel Collins. Uh, John, who are you back in here? Favorite. 
favorite this time. Let's see if the guessing goes a little better for you this time around. I would have guessed uh, it wrong, too. I thought he was going to take the dog, too. <laughs> no, no. Um, look, I think Polona has a big serve. This is Polona Hertzog, right? Yeah. You yep. just said the names. Oh, my God, John. Um, yeah, I, I, I did lay the games here. I, I like Danielle Collins' ground game more than I like Hertzog's ground game. Um, I think this should be closer to $1.50 on the money line when it was – uh, when I got it about a dollar sixty-five-ish, it was minus two and a half. So I'm I'm eager to, to lay two and a half games here. I think that should be a three or three and a half. Uh, again, both are going to have big serves. You might see one tight set, but I think ultimately the uh, the player most likely to control things from the from the baseline will be Danielle Collins. And so I do do like her number. I, I'm the one thing I'm I, I kept it I think at a unit just because um, I'm wondering how she deals with that Hertzog slice if uh, if. If that doesn't go too well, then I could be in trouble. So it's not a big bet, but I definitely like it at two and a half. It should be uh, three or three and a half for me. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree with you there. Spread, do you want to talk about Kudamatova Golubich? I was able to get Kudamatova as a small underdog. I don't know what the heck they were doing when they opened that number. And yeah. it just moved Even quite a bit. Even now, isn't this number wrong? What, where is it now? So minus we're looking at Kudamatova minus 150 or 1.67, and then Golubich mm. plus 123 or 2.2. So that's probably about right. I think the market is, it, is that right is there? A solid grass so I must, player. I she's, must she's underrate a little bit more. I she's must got a game. Did she qualify? Uh, I don't believe. So. I think she might have. I can't remember. Jeez, but I do think that uh, she's so got that, that numbers right, that John. Flat, I must flat one handed backhand. She's got the flat one handed backhand. Look, it wasn't right when it opened. Even at a dollar eighty-five, I stared at it and said, "I'll pass on this because I'm not." I wasn't keen on some of Kudermitova's uh, play in the lead up to to Wimbledon. I wasn't sold on it, so I could I could see why kind of books opened it re relatively close, um, but and and look, Golubich does have decent some decent pace, the counter punching ability. She can flatten out that one handed backhand. Uh, I think she she spots her serves very well. There's certain things that she's going to do, so um, I do think this has corrected itself to where it should be. Like okay. Kudrovich should be a favorite, but it shouldn't be like she shouldn't be like minus two twenty five. I, I would I would. Uh, hesitate to so say that's where I was going to put it at. So right. I must underrate the heck out of out, out of Galubich. So I think, yeah, that's why I'm glad I talked to you guys. Sometimes it's better, especially if you're laying juice, to stay off to stay off a bad bet. I'd rather you you, you keep me off a bad bet, especially when I'm laying juice, than than put me on a winner. Well, speaking of laying a little bit of juice, I like Anna Collins Gaia here. She's minus one forty three. Um, you know, getting close. That's right about the one point seven range against Osorio Serrano. Uh, plus 118 or 2.18. I actually put Callan Sky in a parlay with somebody else I'll mention a little bit later. But like her in this match, John, I believe you joined me as well. I don't know if you took the spread or the money line, but um, what's your play? Well, I didn't take the spread. If I did, I like I don't I I, I don't generally go past minus 130, and I got it at minus 130 um, when I when I sent it out, or just like minus 132 or whatever um, on the new kind of venture that we have going with Steve in Daily Aces. Uh, this is a match I previewed. It's a multi-unit play for me on the money line. And this is why I did pay that juice that I don't typically, because I don't want to be screwed in a three-setter here um, if somehow Osorio Serrano manages to get a set. But, I mean, you want to talk about experience on the surface, uh, big ground strokes, big serve advantage. I mean, I don't see what Maria does better than Kalinskaya other than defend on a surface where defense is the least kind of uh, effective strategy as to the other surfaces. So I was really surprised. I have this around minus 200. Maybe you could make a case it should be over minus 200. So this is a multi-unit play for me um, on the Kalinskaya money line. Yeah. Yeah. I like that quite a bit as well. And I'll, I'll mention that again, when we get to the parlay piece next up, 
Um, you know, John, you mentioned this already. Uh, Wang Jinyu against Sophia Kennan. We're looking at plus 200 or pretty close to three on Wang Jinyu. You are in the underdog. What are we doing? Is it a money line? Are we taking a spread? Are we stacking it up? What's the plan? I, I'm not taking a spread here. If Kennan's on and she's she's counterpunching effectively and, and kind of if she wins this match, I think she wins fairly handily. Uh, but the fact is, Wang Jinyu has been undervalued since qualies. I talked alluded to that earlier. Uh, the minus four and a half games should have been, I think, six or six and a half uh, in her second round of qualies. She ended up winning by nine. It was probably the most obvious thing. I actually sent it out with one unit instead of the two or two and a half I wanted to. Um, I was kind of robotically entering stuff on Twitter. And I'm like, dang it, left some value on the table there. Um, and I bet it I bet it myself at two you, but then I sent it out at one, which was annoying. And then um, her third round, again, against Schmitkova, really odd to see that line at three games when it should have easily been four. Um, so look, there has been a perpetual underrating or undervaluation of Wang Jinyu by the books, by the markets. And so I think this is happening again. I think uh, plus 200 is some, some nice value. Again, we only need her to win a third of the time to break even. And this is the big thing for trolls. They'll be like, oh, you thought she would win. She didn't even come close to 6262. The key is if she loses, it will likely be 6262. I'm going to forewarn you right now before you tail me. Okay. I also don't want to hear trolls coming at me because they, they don't understand the premise of how to approach um, underdog betting. But yeah, I, I do think that she has a shot. I agree, and I love that. You've got everybody prepared there. The next match um, we wanted to talk about, Heather Watson, minus 370, getting pretty close to 1.25, probably in the 1.28 range against uh, Christy on on plus 287 or 3.87. I played the over here. was able to get 20 at minus 115 or um, 1.87, would play over 20 out to minus 120 or 1.83. Uh, what is your angle here, John? Uh, I might join you, actually, because I've been Really? I, I would have guessed wrong. My my odds portal tab. Um, I love Heather Watson's grass season. I don't love it enough to have her this much of a favorite against just about anyone. But against Christiane, who's come through uh, qualies. No, she actually lost, I believe, in the final round of qualies. Got a lucky, lucky loser spot. Yeah. But she won a couple matches there. She has the game to hit with Watson. And she hits a ton of errors. But, I mean, it's not like Heather Watson's the, the most rock-solid, consistent player in the world. So I think we're getting two players that should be more evenly matched, but I haven't pulled the trigger on the money line. And now that you say over, that really, like this one has three sets written all over. I might look at over two and a half sets and see what the price is there at, uh, at Camby Books. Uh, that might be an angle as well. So I think I like your over a lot more than uh, the underdog ML here. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I, if On gets blown off the court here. I mean, other than that one run at the U.S. Open, she's been an ITF player, right? And I know that a good I've been one. Yeah, discounting I form. I know I've been discounting form for the last hour and a half, but I mean, the way Watson's playing right now, uh, I, I just think she's going to be able to dispatch an ITF level of talent uh, fairly easily, which sucks because Christiana is one of the best tennis Twitter follows. Well, look, if she gets 4-140 love up in the, uh, in the first set, Noobs will be happy Yeah, because he knows that she's going to then blow, blow it 5-7. He's got 12 games in the first. 7 5 6 three, yeah, What was the old joke? Like 5-2 was the worst. <laughs> oh, spot gosh. to be in at five days. Scariest spot to be in the WTA. As we move <laughs> forward, there is Vana Reva minus 140, uh, right around 1.71, 1.72, I think. Uh, Buzkova plus 114 or 2.14. Uh, Jorge, if I had to guess, I think you're back in the Russian favorite. Yeah. Yeah. This is something where I think there's overreaction to. Um, the withdrawal, not withdrawal, retirement against, I think it was Dasha. Wasn't it Dasha she played? 
she was down 7-5, tied 2-all in the second. Like, those are two tight sets against a player in form uh, that's back to, like, her top 20, top 25 form in, in Kasatkina. And she kept it real close. She's got great history on the grass. I know she's not Vera Zvonareva circa 2005 like, and six and whatever when she was, uh, at one point, I believe, the world number two. But it takes a good, a very good player, to a grass court player, generally to beat her. She's lost at Wimbledon to the likes of, you know, Kim Kleisters twice. Serena and Venus have gotten her. Lindsay Davenport with that big game got her. Uh, it takes a bigger game than I think Marie Buskova has. Uh, it takes more experience than I think Marie Buskova has to knock her out on grass. And I get that that retirement should influence the price a little bit. I don't think that it should have it all the way down to minus 140. I think that's relatively cheap. All right, I'm going to see if I can get two guesses in a row here because John wanted to talk about Christina McHale versus this Madison is a tough Kramer. One to I guess. think you only wanted to talk about this because it's the worst match of the first round. You know what? It's uh, That is close, but I also took Christina McHale. She was plus 108. Um, uh, I think that's the right side. I lead McHale. but Yeah, that's wrong. that was wrong woman favored for me because, look, McHale has – they both have relatively solid games. Um, obviously, Bringle – can't win without being rock solid and consistent. But look, McHale's got the weapon on the court in her forehand. It's going to be the best individual ground stroke or individual weapon on that court. She is relatively consistent herself. Um, and I do believe she's she's better on grass than Madison Brangle. So it is close to 50-50, but I'd have, you know, McHale at that $1.80, $1.85 range, not Brangle when I got her. I think it's still even money for McHale, which is still value. Uh, probably down to about minus 105. I don't know where it's at at, at this moment, though. Um, I don't have the pinnacle. It's pretty close to that number. Um, so Dale was minus 103, so right in range. Yeah, you're, you're, you you can still make a play there, but uh, but it has corrected somewhat. Allison Rist, not a great, not a good grass season for her, but generally this is where she accumulates her points. Minus 170 against Martin Sova, Martin Kova, not really sure. Plus 142.4. What say you, John? Uh, I mean, I, I, this is another one I've got open in, on, in a tab on odds portal, just hoping that the number goes against me here so I can get the hell away from it. Uh, but the risk minus games is tempting me. Uh, I know she hasn't had a good season, but she at least has picked up a win here and there on grass, which I don't think she had done prior to the, the grass court season. You can see this is her favorite surface. She likes to get down low and take that ball early, kind of like Kerber's ability to get down low to the ball and kind of make that ball bring her, bring herself down so she's getting that ball into her hitting zone. Uh, and lowering that center of gravity. And I, I think that um, that risk does that same thing. And it's why she enjoys the grass. It's why she's had success here. It's why she's able to knock off. I think, was it Ash Barty she beat a few years back as a huge underdog? Yeah. And then she lost in three sets, I think, to Halep. And that's a good yeah. loss. I mean, she's, she's yeah, you can see why she's had success um, on grass before. And I do think, look, Martin Sova, the reason why I haven't pulled the triggers is because I was backing Martin Sova frequently in grass court season. Uh, I like the way she can can hit the the decent flat ball. I like the way her serve gains a little bit on these courts. I had her against Ostapenko. Uh, and as soon as she blew that second set, I was raging because I was like, here comes the 6-1 third set from Ostapenko. And Spread didn't know I was on her or, or on. So he's like celebrating in the group chat. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Oh, like, my bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't know. I didn't say anything. But then she got, we got that third set. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how few times I've seen a player, an underdog, blow a set and break lead and then actually hold on in a third set. It was, it was remarkable to see. Uh, and it was just a great feeling because I've seen so many of those get blown this year. It's really been hurting me, but um, yeah. So I, the respect for Martin Sova is why I stayed off here, but I still, I still lean risk minus. Points. 
Yeah, I, I like risk. I'm actually going back and looking at her maybe from an outright perspective. Now, John, you hinted at this one earlier. Denovich, underdog, plus 342 or 4.42 against Rybakina. Um, Again, are you just taking the money line here? What's the plan? No, I took plus one and a half sets uh, over at Bookmaker. Or was Pinnacle a better price? I can't remember. Um, there's so many damn plays. I can't remember what plays at which book. But I like the plus one and a half sets because it was, I think, around $2.80. And I thought that was yeah. a little bit much for a player with red line ability, for a player with big weapons, for a player um, that can keep things close against Rubakana. She could she could very well lose this match like 6-2, 6-7, 6-2, just like red line her way to a tie break. And you're getting plus 180 for that. It's just way, way too much. And I took the money line smaller, but gosh, I don't like back. That was a, a like, this price is just, it has to be attacked, even though I don't want to bet this. And I should probably start filtering those out, but I'm just so damn stubborn with, if I see like a misprice on the board, I just, I have to hit it. And that's what I did. But I kept it to a half unit. I went larger on um, a nice plus money, plus one and a half sets market, where I think there's even more value uh, and obviously far more likely to land for it for, for, for people. As spread, you wanted to talk about Jesse Pagula against Caroline Garcia. Pagula, a pretty sizable favorite here, minus 250 or 1.4. Garcia, plus 200 or 3. What is your angle here, Mr. Astaire? So if we like Pagula, we think that, that, that she rolls this, right? I mean, I was thinking about laying the games uh, with Pagula, but I wanted to talk to you guys. And just, just my idea is that if she is going to win, I think that she wins comfortably, and I'll be – okay with laying it but um am i overlooking here something um where i could get caught up with carol garcia's not bad on grass she's had some success and can be pretty competitive i mean if i'm looking at a spread here i don't want to lay anything more than four games um, okay there's a chance that garcia steals a set here um or maybe you see a tiebreaker or something like that um so again i don't have the spread in front of me right now but if it's Four or more. Let me. I guess it's this. three and a half based on the price. What do you think, John? Yeah, I. I mean, I would. I would. If I took a side, it would be Pagula minus the games. But I have no interest in betting a Caroline Garcia it's match. Minus four one hundred four on Bookmaker right now. Mm, yeah, that seems about right. I mean, okay. and just I can't. I can't figure Carol Garcia out. I love her game, and when you watch her play, she's got so much to her game, and she just can't put it together. It's brutal to watch. Uh, like she is a fun, fun player, but um, yeah, I want nothing to do with this. And like you said, all the ability in the world to to steal a set um, here. That makes four really tough to cover. Got it. Potapova plus 125, Beckage minus 150 or 1.67 and 2.25. I back Potapova, um, I think right around plus 150 or 2.5. Oh, wow. Still probably a little value in her at this number. Um, but what do you think, Spread? I kind of like Donna here. I, I was a little worried about Potapova, and I think, of course, you know, we talked earlier about you know surface, and I do like um, Donna's ability to get it done here. I think that that stuff goes well for her. So, um, you know, I think that you got a great price there, um, minus one forty-seven, and eh, not too much, but at that minus two, um, you know, I think that I can get away with it and, and still get Donna here. And I don't think there's too many times where I get trapped, and then the two games. Um, trip me up there so i like betches there but at the price that you got i can't um i can't definitely not uh, knock your play either at plus 150 or more because that's where the market moved down on bookmaker now it's uh, down to minus one it was plus 128 
Yeah. No, plus yeah. 120. Plus 120. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm I'm with Alex here. Um, but at one, I saw it at 125, and I was like, it's on the cusp for me. And again, with all the outlay, that that kind of pushed me into the pass category. But at, oh god, at two at 2.5, I'm I would have 100 been on Potapova there. Look, I, Vekic just has not looked good. I don't think she's fully healthy. She has not looked good this grass season. Um, I'd be looking to oppose her, especially with someone with Potapova's game and talent. Yeah, she's got the ability to stick with her, hit with her, um, and and come through. Venus Williams, minus 140, right around 1.71. One. Uh, Buzarnescu, plus 120-ish. The floor is yours, John. I mean, do I need to handicap this? Fade Venus. I don't give a damn what surface we're on. She has been god-awful this year. She is done, cooked, finished. Uh, and look, Buzarnescu has that weird lefty game. She's got a decent serve that's going to be magnified on the grass. She's, she's not been in form herself, but I'm getting – I got her at over 140 here. I think it was like 145. So look, if you, if at this, I think she's been bet down a ton. I'm not sure if there's value there um, because of her form. I don't, I don't really want to bet too far past like even money, but uh, yeah, I'm fading Venus at, at over plus 140. I don't care. And I'll do it in the second round. If I lose it this time, like I'm fading Venus every chance I get, she's going to retire after the season. She has to retire. Oh, by the way, you know who she's playing mixed doubles with? Gregor. My other favorite. Nick Kyrgios. Oh, my bad. I knew it was something. I knew it was some, someone that, that would. My two favorites. My two favorites. The fade Venus Martin Gale continues. Schweitek <laughs> minus 450, a pretty big number there. Um, probably right around 1.22 or something. Shea plus 348 or 4.48. John, I assume you're sprinkling a little bit on the underdog here, the crafty. Shay taking advantage of Swiatek, who we've heard not sound so confident lately. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm also not sold on her game on grass just yet. Uh, we saw when she was playing on a hard court, I think it was the Cincinnati at US Open match against Mikhail. I laid the games and she just, she was so far behind. Like on the quick surfaces, she has, she tends to be late to the spot sometimes. And, you know, that Watson match was super close. Uh, correctly identified as, as her being too big of a favorite. This is, again, priced as if we're on clay where Shea hates it. Um, she doesn't hate the grass. The slice and dice works well on a low bouncing surface. So there's a few factors here. Um, obviously, Iga has like all the talent in the world. And this comes back to the match I mentioned earlier. Either if Shea wins, great. And, and I think there is a certain amount of times that, sh that she does win, anywhere from 20 to 25% of the time. And, you know, when you're getting over $4, um, the implied probabilities are too just too low there. Um, but if she loses, if Srontek wins, I do think that this is going to be one of those like 6-3, 6-2 matches. So again, I'm forewarning you all, like this is this is understanding the situation when we're playing these these higher priced dogs. And I assume the same disclaimer applies to the next match. Kozlova right around plus 390 or 4.9 against Azarenka. Um, you foreshadowed this one a little bit. You like the dog. And again, you know, Azarenka might double bagel her, but yeah, I, I mean, it, right this is value that number. It's a health fade. It really is. I mean, Azarenka, we talked about the serve not looking great um, since that Jesse Pagula second set, and then you know the injury concerns. I I would only play this at a book where they grade after a set uh, has been played, because if this match goes to if it goes three sets, we like having such a the high underdog, right? But if it goes two sets 
and Vika doesn't retire, I think, you know, we might be in trouble here. But there are huge health concerns. I think that serve, I don't know how that serve can be at 100% right now, uh, even with a few days since her retirement in Bad Homburg. So I do think that um, that it's her serve is going to be attackable. And I think Kozlova, like, taking sets off, I think, Coco Vandewey and Joe Conta, both who were semifinalists and a titleist that week, a title winner that week, that's impressive. Like she's a tricky player and she can play on the grass. So yeah, definitely at near $5. I had to, uh, I had to take a shot on Vika potentially not being healthy and retiring after the first set. If she loses it. Another underdog and I'm John and I are in agreement here. Ellen Perez plus 185 against Clara Burrell, Burrell minus 233. Um, I got this at a little better number, but I still see value in this number, probably down to like plus 170 plus 175. Really like the Australian. What say you, John? Yeah, I mean, she moves really well on these courts. Uh, during qualifying, I couldn't believe, like, she was buzzing around behind the baseline. She can flatten out that backhand, I noticed, really well. Look, this is a lot like the, the Wang Jinyu play. I backed her in the third round of qualifying against Dodan at, I think, $3.20 something. Um, I backed her in the second round as well as, I think, another underdog. Or no, she was minus two games, and then she won six love, six three. Like, she was very, she's been undervalued through qualifiers, and... Again, they didn't learn their lesson from having her priced poorly in the last two rounds of qualifying. And now we have her again mispriced um, in this spot. So just, again, going to continue to attack. And this is just simply reinvesting profits from like Wang Jin, from, from Wang and her qualifier runs. If you think about it in the context of if they both lose, I'm still well ahead on uh, the plays I've had on them throughout the last, uh, the last week or so. Hey, if you like an angle, just keep playing it. It's a good way to look at it from a macro perspective. Now, spread. Jasmine Paolini is plus 140 or 2.4 against Pekovic. How's that look? Yeah, I mean, is anyone else surprised by that price? I thought this should have been a pick them here. Um, you know, obviously not the best surface there, but I wouldn't consider Pekovic to be a grass court wonder either. Um, I mean, what am I missing here how this isn't even money? Like, should is this? do you think this price is justified? Do you think... Pekovic should really be a favorite here. Uh, yeah, I, I do think this is probably about right. I almost looked into laying games even um, just because oh, of the wow. nature of the surface. The game works well for Pekovic. She does have uh, that power game that Paulini lacks. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I can't remember the tennis explorer form, but I don't think Paulini's been anywhere near good on grass before. Uh, yeah, look, it's just it's not. The one exactly thing I would say about that though, right, spot. is is our. Is, in 2019, she wasn't near the player she is now, right? Yeah, but she still doesn't have any like power to her game to allow her to, to find some easier points like a lot of players that succeed on grass do. And okay. generally, like, pushers like don't that's, do great. I think that's better, yeah. So, um, and look, Pekovic, I think, kept a few matches close in her last few weeks leading in. Uh, I think she covered the spread yeah, a couple times better. as a heavy underdog. So I, I think she does like the grass. It suits her her kind of hitting kind of game. So yeah, I, I would I stayed away here. I would probably lean Petkovic though. All right. yeah. And that's why I like talking with you guys about some of these because sometimes the dogs I think that maybe I get a little too uh, like the point like we like Paolini, right? Like she's cash. Yeah, we like that, right? Yeah. And so I yeah. think that sometimes I get these rose colored glasses. And Petkovic is someone that I've had success fading. Just because I feel like that her name is higher than her game right now, right? A lot of times the prices are there because of the success she's had in the past. But if you watch the tape, she's not nearly the player she was, say, even in 2018. So that that was why I circled that. But but once again, you know, we have so much going on here. Uh, happy to stay away. That's a fair point. That's why I passed, yeah. 
Serena Williams minus 1,000 or 1.1. Sastovich plus 600 or 7 to 1. What's your plan here, John? Well, this again goes back to, um, you know, harkens back to the Rabakina match against Mladenovic. I think, like, again, Sastovich has all the ability in the world to snag a set here. So I've got the plus one and a half sets. And I went small on the money line because if she steals a set, I'm free rolling the money line. Um, and if I get to a third set with such a huge dog, I'm happy and I'm happy with the wager. Uh, but again, this is another one. She could just be steamrolled if Serena is, you know, as pumped up as, as you'd expect her to be and the service firing, then yeah, we might be in trouble. But again, the numbers are just astounding. Like Serena being priced here as if it's 2015. Uh, she just, I don't, I don't know if um, she deserves this, this much respect. And again, I say here, same with Ladenovich, don't play the plus games. These two have the ability to be breadsticked and bagged. So if you're going to play Sastovich and, um, Mladenovic, I would take the, the plus sets are more likely because they both have red line ability. They both have the ability to lose lopsided sets, kind of like a Sinyakova too. Uh, I would look to play the sets over games. And you're going to get better value too because like if you're playing plus five or six or whatever, you're down at the pick like minus 110 area. Take the plus money on sets. If, if they're going to cover like – they're probably going to uh, uh, snag a set on a red line because that's just the type of player they are. So um, I would look to the, that as a better angle than games. Makes perfect sense. And I mentioned I had a parlay partner for Miss Collins Guy earlier, and here it is Anna Kanyu, minus 175, Damn. putting her together with Collins Guy. That gets me right around like plus 180 together. Um, are you really betting on Kanyu? Are you betting against somebody? Oh, and I'm betting on Kanyu. All right. <laughs> she ripped through hardcore season. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. a different person. The best thing I ever did was not fade her like after like the second match. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Go let this happen. Get out of the way. Don't make fun of it. Runaway train people. But and then she's uh, my parlay partner here. Go ahead, John. Then she sucked on clay. Yeah, which is weird. What? Huh? That was the, the wackiest. Like, in a year, yeah. yeah. In a year of in a year of wacky results, like Mackie McDonald on the men's side doing well on clay. Like in a year of wacky, wacky things happening, that is another one where like Tormo just enjoys playing on hard courts and then sucks on clay. Uh, so who knows? But I laid the games here as well. I do think Kanye uh, should be should be able to get through this with rather ease. Um, her next her next match will be extremely tough though. She's been she's had some tough draws, man. She got Sabalenka at the French, and now she's going to have Angie Kerber potentially in that second round, right? I think it's Angie. And she to, to finally runs into Angie when Angie's finally found her health. Right? Yeah. She could have played her any time <laughs> in the last year when Angie's just limping around collecting appearances. Yeah. Right? She's got. She's coming off a title, Angie. Yeah, on her best surface. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Now, Spread, you wanted to talk about Spitalina, Van Eufank. Spitalina's minus 200 or 1.5. Van Eufank plus 165 or 2.65. I played over 21 and a half games here. Um, really like that quite a bit. But what did you want to talk about? I'm, I'm taking the dog here, and I, I hope John doesn't get upset here. But I just – I like AVU's ability to get stuff done here. You know, we talk about dictating pace. Um, I just thought – I thought it was worth the punt there. Um, at the the plus one sixty four, um, John John, am I crazy here for for basically trusting a double specialist to overcome one of the top players in the world? Yeah, because generally the the type of hitter that troubles Fidelina is like better than AVU. Put it that mm -hmm. way. Um, I think I think you're better off waiting one round and then using Anisimova. I think that's okay. a way better fade candidate, and I think you're still going to get nice plus money in that spot. If it's a pick I'll be pissed because it should be. And, I, I mean, Nisimova found a few wins, I think, uh, on grass last week in Bad Homburg. I believe she won two matches. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, I think that that's probably a better fade candidate. And I think the market should respect Spitalina a little more than they'd respect Anisimova, even though Anisimova has that profile of the player that generally would beat um, Spitalina far more than AVU has. But if AVU is only in the plus, what did you say, 160s there? Plus yeah. 164. If she's only in the plus 164. God, I, I, I fear to see the Anisimova price. Uh, yeah. are you, what do you think, uh, Alex? Am I crazy there for, for taking the double specialist? No, given her past performances on grass and her general game, but she's been in poor form, and I think Svitolina is actually a little underrated on the surface. Her intelligence and her ability to move actually plays pretty well here. So okay. this number looked just about right to me. You know, again, outside of just playing the total. Lesia Serenko minus one hundred and fifty-four against Putin. Save a plus one twenty-seven. I think we're going to have a pretty similar conversation here, Spread. Do you like Poots? Yeah, I'm taking the dog here again. And actually, I have a little more conviction there. That one I threw on because I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, this one, I like Putin Sava here, right? I mean, I'm getting her as a dog. Serenko, yes, yes, she's a great player here. And yes, this is not the best service for Putin Sava. But I mean, I already know I'm getting, you know, the 100% effort. And I do think that she can get in her head, uh, get fired up. And once she gets rolling, she can be really tough to handle here. I'm getting dog money here. I'll take Putin Sava. Yeah, I stayed away from it because, you know, Serenko came through qualifying in a little bit of form. So I think you're on the right side, but I'm happy to kind of leave that one alone. Do you have anything to add, John? Uh, at that number, I don't I don't fault you. I think at like a plus 125, plus 130, yeah, I think I, I might be enticed into playing that as well. But I, I'm with Alex. I stayed on the sidelines. But it was down at like plus 105 when I saw it, I believe. So that's a completely different uh, evaluation. Yeah, I got to go back and, and look at it. So um, money coming in on Serenko, probably because Putseva struggled on grass and she came through and uh, Serenko came through qualies. And Serenko's got a bigger game. Um, she's a lot of fun when she's healthy. She's a lot of fun. She's a, she's a pretty dy dynamic player. So... Well, I'll be watching it as a Poots fan. 100% I'll be watching that match. It'll be a, a fun one. Mm -hmm. Finally, the last match we're going to talk about, Mondrasova plus 235 against Contivate, almost minus 300 at minus 294, so right around 1.34. What are you thinking here, Spread? I am laying the games. I'm trying to get the updated number here um, at Bookmaker right now. But I think uh, minus 4.5, right? So normally you'd say, oh, you know, I don't want to lay four and a half against a player like Vondrasova. But Vondrasova is not the Vondrasova that made the name on the tour that made us all want to back her. And, you know, what was so exciting. I don't know what's going on with this young woman. And I'm sure she's going to turn around soon because you can't have that much talent, you know, and just flounder around. Uh, but right now, I mean, I think that, that because of the name and because of the past success, that the price is a little inflated. And if you just take what you see on tape, um, it's pretty easy to lay the four and a half. Excellent. All right, yeah, John. I, I'd lean that way too. I do think um, I'm with spread here in terms of – I didn't play it, but if I did, I would be laying the games. I just don't think Vondi has that kind of natural power needed. I don't think she's playing someone immobile who she can just you know move around the court side to side and, and, and cause errors. Um, that's uh, – to me, that's a little tough. Um, for Vondi and I wouldn't be I surprised if something came out too. Contrave, well, dictate, look, I think something is wrong with her in terms of like the the psychological aspect of the game. Yeah. Her body language on court is so perennially awful in so many spots. I'm surprised she made that fourth round, I believe, at the Aussie. Um, just the way she was walking around court sometimes. She's never ever been kind of someone who gets like pumped up. 
But she looks even more apathetic than ever, and it's showing in her results, and something is wrong, and it's terrible because that indoor run into that French Open run, it was so much fun and made made so much money backing Marketa Vondrasova. It was actually the year prior, I think, that she, in the fall, she won like 20 matches or something in a span of a couple, like a month or two uh, on indoor hard courts uh, at the high ITF level, which is like the challenger equivalent um, for the women. And it was really, really cool. One comment here before we that 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 Stojanovic plus five and one half sets is that is that against Kerber, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's gonna have to serve really freaking well uh, to get. Angie I like Kerber. the over there too. Yeah, okay. I I, I don't mind the over, I guess, but I mean the plus one and a half sets in the over. I, I might lean plus one. I don't know. I she's gonna have to serve well. I'll say that though. Like if she's not hitting a serve, setting up a lot of plus one forehands that she can put away. And those points get prolonged at all in her serve games. I think she's in big, big trouble. And not to end on a down note, but Art mentioned the rain. The weather looks really bad for the first week yeah. here. So fingers crossed that we get some breaks in here to get a few matches in. But it might be a slow start to Wimbledon, folks. Maybe yeah, don't, uh, set the timer too early. It's screwing up my, my my like desire to get live streaming. I was like, hey, I'm going to live stream the heck out of the first week when all these matches are on, talk about live spots. And then it's like, it's going to rain for the first five days. I'm like, man, I was so excited to get going down in like the mini man cave, set up watching the TV up at six, got my strawberries and cream ready to go. Uh, and now, of course, it's just going to rain. So I'll just wake up at like 545, check to see the weather in London. If it's raining, I'll be like, okay, wake me up at eight. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, everyone... Do your no rain dances, channel your energy to spread because it never rains where spread is. Maybe we'll get spread to go there and the non-rain will follow him. But thank you for watching. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll be back. We're checking in a couple times. As John said, we'll try to do some live streams and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for watching.